0: Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and Sales Mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And my guest this time, we are going to really dive into some tricky emotional issues that have to deal with dun dun, dun money. So <laughs> I love talking about money. So Bob Wheeler is joining me today and he is an author, a financial expert, and his book is called The Money Nerve, which, you know, that pretty much sums it up for a lot of us, I think. So I can't wait to learn more about what he's got to say, what he's got to share with us. So first of all, Bob, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Michael. It's great to be here. Excited. Excellent. Well, so tell us a little bit about yourself, your business, and how do you help people to shock
1: their potential? Well, absolutely. So I am a CPA. Um, I founded a, an accounting firm uh, 20 years ago, and I I was supposed to go to law school, uh, met a bunch of lawyers and decided I didn't want to do that and (laughs) got into accounting because it was an easy A and not something that I said, oh, I can't wait to do numbers. It was just something that came to me.
0: (laughs) I don't think it would have been an easy A for me, but go on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I got into, so I I started working with people and taxes and all that good stuff Um, at the same time, financially not doing so well myself. You know, I was great at helping everybody else, not so great at helping myself. Mm -hmm. And so what happened is I was doing the business and sort of becoming a financial therapist to other people as I was doing their taxes, doing my own self-exploration. And a lot of my friends are comics. I'm CFO at the World Famous Comedy Store. And (laughs) a lot of comics are broke. And I started having this conversation and realized Gosh, so many people feel alone in their financial struggles and Mm -hmm. so many people carry shame Mm -hmm. around it that they didn't get the download, that they're the only ones. And so I started writing this book and I started, I developed the money nerve as a resource center and a place to start having conversations, difficult conversations around money Mm -hmm. and really looking to help empower people and take away, um, empowerment on being able to have control of their finances and so i wrote the book i host three podcasts that are funny money money you should ask the money nerve anywhere i can have conversations around money and finances to help people find their money blocks money beliefs and and exploring life choice
0: I, I love that. And don't let me forget that we have to talk about your comedy, uh, you know, little <laughs> side gig too. Cause I yeah. can't wait to dive into that.
1: That's so so I that, pay my bills.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's always gotta be something, Yeah. you know, I was telling you just right before we started taping that my, my first, you know, like really professional job, um, I started out actually to be a teacher. I only taught for 1 year because they were having layoffs of teachers all over where I lived. And so I ended up with this job as the director of education for a nonprofit called Consumer Credit Counseling Service. Yeah. And at that point in time it was a huge organization and really uh, the focus was helping people to avoid bankruptcy and working with their creditors and and there's a lot of ways to do that now, but you know the interesting thing to me was diving into all these programs that I taught programs for adults for kids you know everything in between but you know when when I'd see people we we'd make them go through this money management course that was like an 8 week course you know to talk about the emotions of money and you know when do you spend and what do you spend and you know when do you save or why don't you save and you know I it was interesting cuz as you're sharing that you know you were going through this yourself and helping others, you know, I was the same way at that time. I was like constantly, like barely making things meet, you know, I'm yeah. like stretching it out to the last day. In those days you actually sent checks, you know, right. so you're like, thank goodness, <laughs> the check, putting it in the mail, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like anything. And, you know, and I, I know that, I always felt like a fraud. I'm like, yeah. I'm doing this for a living. And just because my credit report's good and I still get credit card offers in the mail doesn't mean that I'm doing all the right things. And it, I think that really followed me for a long time.
1: Yeah, I think it's so important uh, to have that self-awareness that, like for me, I wasn't walking the talk. I was telling everybody, don't have debt. Oh, I've got lots of debt. Hey, don't do this. <laughs> and partly because I knew it, but I couldn't own it. Right, right. At the time I, I had to present well And you, you do have that feeling of Oh I'm a fraud if people only knew And I think most of the people In the world go around A lot of people if people only knew If people yes. knew the truth And if the people knew the truth about my money Situation they might leave me They might judge me And so we mm-hmm. keep it really hidden And just present a really nice picture um, On Facebook Or wherever So that people oh, are like yeah. they got it <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and you know, I'll tell you what, when I when I met my husband, um, you know, both of us had been married before. We both had, you know, other money dynamics. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I I knew from, you know, previous relationships is that I, you know, didn't always talk well about money, I think, because of all that background. And so, you know, as we started getting more and more serious, he's like, okay, so we need to start talking about finances. And I used to almost like hyperventilate, yeah. you know, like, oh my God, no, because, you know, then I'm going to have to talk about it or I'm going to have to explain things. And um, so we start, we do like, uh, now we do a basically once a quarter, we do a sit down or a total review of our finances, everything, you know, where it is, you know, and, it took me probably two years before I wasn't like
1: (laughs) freaking out
0: (laughs) racing every time. And now I'm like, wow, I thought we just did it. Okay. Let's do it again. Um, and it's such a different place in my life being able to talk about it. And, and it's not always pretty, you know, in terms of, you know, where the markets might be or, you know, what, what we want, maybe what I want to do or, you know, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and then I have to discuss it. And we have to have, you know, agreement. Darn it. But it's, so, it's so much more enlightening and so much more of a weight off my shoulders to be able to have a relationship that's based on that kind of communication about something so
1: vital. When, when you're in a relationship, transparency about money is so important because if you're hiding stuff about your finances, what else are you hiding? Where else mm-hmm. are you not showing up in the relationship? And mm-hmm. so many people that I work with, especially couples, think that when I say, let's talk about money, I'm saying, let's have a fight, right? <laughs> let's have an argument. And then I have to remind them that I think my belief is that they're both on the same team, right? And then they're like, What? Yeah. So let's actually not try to be right. Let's try to actually work together.
0: Right. Yeah. It's not it doesn't have to be a battle. It just needs to be communication. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll 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 fess up to one other thing because I've said this a thousand times on on my podcast and in different things, you know, videos that I do for my app and things. And but it was funny because, you know, owning my own business, the one thing that I hate most is doing QuickBooks and the finances. I just hate it. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> hate it. Yeah. And not that there's anything to hide. I just hate it. I hate yeah. plugging the numbers in. I hate all that. So finally, you know, I'm like, well, you know, who do you trust, you know, with this part of your business and life? And finally my husband's like, uh, duh, let me do it. And I was like, oh my God, I just got used to us having financial discussions. Now we have to <laughs> talk about the business. Oh my oh, God. You're gonna see <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yes, since I'm also a partner, perhaps that would be good. And, you know, we're still, you know, we're only about six months into this, you know, where we're doing it. The the discussions are getting better, yeah. um, but it's, you know, it's like starting over again. But every time we do it again, I'm like, oh God, that's, oh, it's a weight off. You know, it's it another weight that's off because not that I'm ever trying to hide anything, but it's it's stressful until you find a pattern until right. you find a way and enough proof that it's not going to hurt.
1: Yeah. And I, I, it's, I, a lot of that stuff is learned early on. Our parents were fighting or our parents never discussed it or don't do mm-hmm. that. And I find so many times I, I had a, work, I do a lot of workshops with um, with groups and I had a guy come in, we were doing budgeting and I said, the exercise is, Do your budget over the week and ask your spouse or your partner, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, just for a little bit of insight about what they think about what you did on this budget. And this guy comes back. He's old. He's about 50. I don't want to say older because, oh my God. Please please don't say older. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, more mature. And uh, he came back. He was in tears. And he's like, I have to share. I have to share. And, okay. Oh, yes. Tell us. He went back. He said, I went back and asked my wife, what do you think about the budget? and my numbers. And she said, Oh my God, you're finally letting me in. (gasps) They, this was a second marriage. He had put all of his first wife's beliefs onto the second wife and she was old Uh school. She was patiently waiting for him to invite her into the conversation. And he was crying because of all the lost time that he had missed thinking and having these beliefs that weren't real. Oh, wow. What a, geez. We were all in tears. So, yeah. (laughs) It's, but that's a kind of just like a simple little conversation that opened up their entire relationship. It's so powerful.
0: It really can be, but it is hard. And I think there's a lot of people that'll even be listening to this going, well, yeah, but, but, you know, yeah, that sounds good for that guy. Oh, that sounds good for Michael. But yeah. what about me? I, you know, I don't have good experiences or maybe I'm still in debt or maybe I've, you know, got something and I, and I am carrying around that shame. Cause I don't want anybody to know that, you know, especially in my relationship that I've had money problems in the past or challenges, or maybe I don't have savings. You know, how do you, you know, how do you get them to start to look at it differently, to, to understand that relationship
1: with money? So the first thing I do is I really try to get people to start to become aware of their undervoice. That voice where people say, I want success, but you don't deserve it, right? (sighs) That's the voice I'm trying to capture because that's the voice that is secretly guiding us. Outwardly, we're saying, I want to have success. I want to have this. I want to have that. And inside, I'm a fraud. I'm not worthy. Mm -hmm. I'm not lovable. And so once I can get them to catch that and to start listening to their specific words, I'm so broke, and I maybe reframe it as, Cash flow is tight right now, (laughs) Ah. or I need to have the newest phone. I'd really like it because I like having new things, right? So that we can start to bridge the truth. um, So we can start to let go of the story and be more in the moment of, yes, I had some bad financial experiences in the the past and I'm doing it differently now. I'm really making efforts. And once I can get people to start to see that there are emotional choices that are being made, unconsciously with that under voice, then we can actually start to do the work. Then we can start to, you know, let's look at the budget. I I tell people we do honest budgeting. So if you've got an addiction, Mm -hmm. it's a line item, right? And they're like, what? I'm like, if I don't know you're spending $500 a month on a a purse or alcohol, then we're going to wonder why we we come up short. So we got to get honest and we're not going to judge it. We're just going to get really curious. Yeah, and it's a
0: really great dialogue just to say it's a line item. It's a line item. It's not, yeah. It's, it's not
1: good or bad. It's just we're you identifying. Choices. You can make yeah. choices about that later. Yeah. we have to know the numbers. Yeah. And once we can get that, then people are, are more interested. I usually start off with people and say, are you willing to be uncomfortable? Are you willing to do the work? And some people will say no. And I'll say, well, we're, we're sort of done. I actually, been here. We're, we're done because if you're not willing, we can't do the work because this is actually your journey. I'm just here to accompany um, and hold space. So it's your decision. You, yeah. have to, you have to participate.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's a great way to put it. You will be uncomfortable.
1: You'll be uncomfortable. be uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. yeah. And in, And all those initial discussions with my husband were all very uncomfortable. And now I'm like, Hey, all right. Although, you know, with all this, you know, COVID stuff, when we just had our other, had our uh, quarterly just like about two weeks ago, I was like, oh, I don't think I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I go, this is not, this is not me avoiding. This is me saying, we, we agreed that there's certain things we're just going to roll with and I'd
1: rather not know. <laughs> not today. <laughs> uh-huh. And that's just being honest, right? That's yeah. not like, sometimes it's just not the right moment. Yeah. Let's,
0: well, and it, it yeah. actually wasn't as bad as I thought, which, you know, yeah. was, you know, and who knows, I mean, th- those things will change, but it, you know, reminds me as we're talking about, you know, not just that voice that tells you, you know, the, you know, opposite of what you're trying to say out loud, but, you know, the stories that we build, the, the potential good or bad stories that we tell ourselves to right. keep us from, you know, really dealing with things are, you know, can really harm us because the, we're still not moving forward. So, you know, just imagining all the horrible things might not be that horrible or right. just looking at the rose colored glasses, you might go, gosh, but it's really gray in here. And if, until I look at it through the right lens, I'm not going to see clearly in order to, you know, to benefit or to make changes.
1: Absolutely. And I, and to that point, I think a lot of those decisions were made when we were four five and six years old right? And then we're carrying these on for a lifetime. I will do this on my own. I'm not lovable. And maybe we should reevaluate what that four or five or six-year-old decided because maybe we have some new information.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I was four or five and six, I was told that everything I did was perfect, that I couldn't (laughs) make the wrong decision.
1: (laughs) Well, you got lucky.
0: <laughs> yeah, my parents applauded me for everything. Like, you're awesome. And somewhere along the way, I'm like, then I can't do anything wrong. So I'm going to go buy those shoes. Oh, that's a good story. That's a good story. <laughs> Might be a little off track,
1: but. <laughs> yeah, it's good to a little dose of reality in there, right?
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: So what,
0: what made you, so you have three podcasts. That's crazy. But mm-hmm. what made you actually decide to write a book? So, I always love asking people that. Cause you know, like I've written a couple, I've got a couple more in the works and I, sometimes I'm like,
1: this is crazy. Well, I think, so what happened for me was I was starting to realize, um, all the things that I was doing that were emotional choices and beliefs that I that had and decisions I'd made early on in my life. And I knew I wasn't fully walking uh, the talk, even though I could talk the talk really well and I could give people really great advice. Um, but I also noticed two things. One, a lot of my clients would do exactly the opposite of really sound advice (laughs) (laughs) because of beliefs that they had. And so I realized until, until I understood where they were coming from emotionally, I couldn't really help them practically. And so that was one thing. And then again, I work with a lot of comics, comic, you know, um, a lot of my friends are comics. I did a lot of comedy. I still do some. And one of my friends came in and she was crying. She had just seen her family. They're all doctors. And mm. everybody, her dad was a doctor. Her sister's a doctor. Her brother's a doctor. She's like, wow. I'm such a failure. I'm the only one in the world that didn't get the financial download. I'm a loser. I chose creativity. Mm. And I said, Sean, you're wow. not the only one. And most of the people in the room probably have it worse than you do, they're just presenting really well. And if you actually knew their stories, you wouldn't want them. And yeah. she said, what? I'm not the only one? And I think that from doing workshops, people, that was the biggest takeaway, whether it was a one weekend or a, a 10 week workshop, at the end, people would say, I, I thought I was the only one. Oh, like, I thought yeah. I was alone. And it was, it was heart wrenching to see all these people just feeling the weight and then being able to let that go is so beautiful. And I decided I wanted to write this book to start to tell people, Hey, guess what? You're not alone. We've Mm got to have these difficult conversations and let's start looking at this stuff. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Let's all start wherever we need to start and let's, let's start having these conversations. Let's get transparent. I love it. I love
0: it. And I, I think it's, you know, I, I wish I would have had the book a lot younger in my (laughs) life (laughs) earlier, which actually goes into my next question. So I love asking people, you know, if you could go back to any point in time and talk to the younger Bob, tell him anything that would have shocked his potential farther, faster, or kept him on the same course. When would you go back and what would you tell that younger Bob?
1: I think the first thing I would tell myself is be fearless, take risk. Don't... Like even if, it's, if, even if you're scared, step forward anyway, like go for those things that you want. Um, be humble, uh, find gratitude in everything that you do have instead of focusing on the things that you don't have. Mm-hmm. And I would say to really, um, like for me, don't sell out your integrity. Uh, get around people that uh, will hold you accountable, that won't just mm-hmm. tell you what you wanna hear. And, and really just like, trust yourself, show up, do the work, even if you're scared, do it anyway, just show up. And, and I think there were places where I didn't take risks that I could have. And it was my own voice that was limiting me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah. And, and just be yourself. Like you don't have to be somebody else. Just go out and be yourself and, and show up.
0: So, you know, with all your friends in, uh, in comedy then, yeah. and the fact that you, you do this as well i can't remember i was trying to find the the right line on your um bio because i just loved it but it's about um oh wait you've also i'm like you've climbed mount kilimanjaro yes like how can you say there's things you haven't done like that's just crazy and you've ascended to mount everest base camp um but then i love it it's like you're also like you've run a Greek marathon and you have been a stand-up comic. Like it, it's yes. just like at the end, like you've done everything. So with all those crazy things, what made you say, okay, give me the mic. I'm going to get up there and I'm going to make this work. Because well, Everybody you, loves it. Everybody thinks the money guy is funny. <laughs>
1: no, yeah. Oh, Oh, it's money. That's hilarious. Um, well, you know, I think for, a, well, for me, I think for a lot of comics, uh, the stage is therapy. Uh, mm-hmm you know, when I was growing up, I was the good boy. I was, I did the right thing and I couldn't get angry. I couldn't like, I had to be really good. And when I got up in front of of an audience with a mic, I could say something mean, or I could express my anger, or I could express those places where I'm judgmental and (laughs) then just go, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right. You know, I'm the guy, (laughs) I'm not, I'm (laughs) counting how many items you have. If it says 15 items or less, and you've got 18, I'm judging you. I will follow you, right? (laughs) And so for me, it was just a great place to be able to get up and actually express all of me that I didn't initially feel I could express in real life.
0: Oh, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) As you were talking about that, I was thinking about my husband and I, we'd love to sit like in public spaces, you know, when we can do that again, and sit and have a beer or whatever and watch people to see how they're dressed.
1: right. And we're totally judging them. We're totally judging them. (laughs) And and I think that's the fun of comedy is you get to own that, right? There's a place of, you know, I I have a joke. You know, I love stereotypes because I get to quickly judge people in large groups. I don't really have to, right? And because we do that, we do it. And so I'd rather just be honest about that. And yes, that's (laughs) not all of me, but it's a part of me. I love it. We actually were, uh,
0: we were in Italy last uh, summer, <clears throat> excuse me, in Milan and, uh, you know, talk about a place where you can, you know, watch. So we were sitting right outside the Duomo, you know, so it's just tons of people and they were either the best looking, best dressed people, like they walked off a magazine or they
1: were an American
0: tourist. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> pretty obvious, switch is which. There was nothing in between. (laughs) No, it's, well, that's, that. so I'm from Tennessee. I grew up in Tennessee, but I love to go to Gatlinburg to Dollywood because I get to feel really, I get to feel really good about myself. I feel really (laughs) skinny and I feel amazing and I, God love all my people, but. Oh uh, Oh, my God. You know.
0: (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I I actually uh, ran into Dolly live once uh, Uh, at the airport in Knoxville and I was like. Oh, and she is adorable and she, adorable. Is, she is completely a truly loving person. She's like, yeah. people were stopping her and I was just like watching her go by going, I just want to be near you. She's yeah,
1: like, <laughs> she's amazing. I ran into her at, a, at an airport in Memphis and I was just like, oh, just, yeah, exactly. I just wanted to be near her. I love her. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I thought I better not
0: follow her into the bathroom because then she'll think I'm really stalking her. She's going <laughs> to like, call the I? police.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Oh my God, Bob, we could talk all day. Um, So, oh, you know, so I I think you've already, you know, alluded to a lot of these things, but, you know, when you think back across your career and, you know, Mm -hmm. what got you to where you are and, you know, the choices that you made, can you think of one particular point, one, you know, important lesson that you learned that really shocked your potential?
1: Well, there were two things that my boss said to me when I got my license, my CPA license. He came to me and he said, Bob, you've just gotten this license. You've worked really hard for it. Don't ever do anything that jeopardizes this license. Don't compromise. Mm-hmm. And so what that helped me to do is sometimes mm-hmm. when somebody would come to me and say, Hey, can you sort of cross the line? Could you mm-hmm. sort of, I'd say, man, I'd love to help you, but I have this license that I worked really hard for and I'm not willing to put it on the line. And so Wonderful. you'll have to find somebody else. So that it was great because it was a very practical way to uh, mm-hmm. instead of just go, Oh, you think you're so good. No, no, I'm, I, I I'm going to protect my license. And so that gave me sort of, it gave me an easy out because I was able to draw the line and say, it's not about not wanting to help you, but I worked hard for this. That's the first thing. And the other thing he said to me, which was really shocking at the time, he said, Bob, you know, as you get more successful, uh, you may lose some of your friends and you'll have new friends because some of the friends aren't going to go on the path with you. Uh. And I was like, well, no, that's crazy. I want every... uh, Not everybody's going to make the trip with you. Nope. And I think for the longest time, I thought I had to bring everybody with me, Mm -mm. which is a big responsibility. (laughs) It's exhausting. And I finally had to say, wow, everybody's on their own journey and I'm going to be on mine. And that was really, yeah, that was shocking. No, that's good. Those are great
0: pieces of advice. And I think that, you know, especially the first one, I mean, we all can have you know, some examples of that in our life, you know, what may not be because of a, you know, a a business license, you know, that you've earned, but something else that, you know, being prepared to have a statement that isn't saying, hey, no, and I'm so offended you asked me that, but just, hey, you know what, this, my ethics, tell me this, or the, these are the things I won't just jeopardize. Right. It's, it's a very empowering statement. And I think it can give you real confidence and, and still allow you to, you know, have people go, oh, wow. And maybe think a little differently.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so important to be able to hold space for the other people and not shame them and make them wrong or mm-hmm. make them uncomfortable and then still hold true to your values or the things that are important to you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Gosh, we could talk all day. <laughs> I ha- I don't know why that happens with all my guests. I'm like, it's great. I <laughs> keep talking all day. Well, I know we'll have all of your contact information in the show notes, but just in case somebody needs to find you right now and they can't wait to start typing away, what's the best way for them to find you?
1: They can find me at themoneynerve.com. And my email is bob at com. And I love when people reach out and ask questions. I have random people just reaching out going, hey, can you give me some thoughts on this. And I I, I love being able to uh, interact with people and and share, you know, my experience. And so I always like to tell people, I'm not an expert. I have a lot of experience. I've made a lot of mistakes. And so when I share information, it's because I did a lot of things wrong, not because I did everything right. And (laughs) so I like, that non-expert model of, hey, I'm learning too and I'm going to keep learning and let's all learn together. So I love connecting with people. Bob at themoneynerve.com is a great way.
0: I love it. I I feel the same way. I do all these uh, videos for our app in what I call the Potential Lab and they're kind of my 10 to 20 minute segments where I'm talking about everything from how to fire an employee to, yeah. you know, how to, how to, you know, best on, on board a team, all these things. But I always start out with a story of some way I screwed up yeah. on a topic. And then I tell you what I should have done or what I did after that. And then I end up with a story that is where I didn't screw up as much. Right. <laughs> it's progress. I'm not going to say it's a story <laughs> that I did right, but it's one that wasn't as sucky. <laughs> exactly.
1: Baby steps. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Well, this has been a pleasure.
1: Before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Uh, You know, there's two things that I would say, Uh, be nice. Be nice to people. It doesn't cost anything extra and uh, especially all that's going on in the world. Just be nice. And the other thing I would say is uh, live an intentional life, make conscious choices that, that serve and are in alignment with what you say you want your life to be.
0: I love it. Thank you so much, Bob. It has been such a pleasure having you on and I'm so glad we're connected.
1: Thank you so much. It's been awesome. And I hope you have a great rest of your week.
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.